So we've got a story locally that I really want to talk about. The lady calls herself Serpent Foot. Serpent Foot. And this is the Geek Out Loud podcast. business ladies and gentlemen in this community wherein i live there's been a situation with a woman um and her name indeed is serpent foot and i'm trying to find uh the article whereupon it was sent to me the other day um we don't have a lot of time to play around with this don't have a lot of time to mess around um but if i can find it we will mess around momentarily while our special guest waits in the wings. Um, I want to tell you about now. Listen, I'm uh, here. Is the uh, I just put on reading glasses over my regular glasses, ladies and gentlemen. And here is because I'm an old man. <laughs> and here is the uh, the story. Uh, unorthodox Rome legend Serpent Foot, unafraid of critics. No stranger to controversy, a Rome legend, this is from NorthwestGeorgianews.com, no stranger to controversy, a Rome legend is once again at the center of attention. Serpent Foot is turning heads, as she has done in the past, and this time, it's on the social media site, Facebook. Local Facebook pages were flooded recently with images of a legal notice running in the classified section of the Rome News Tribune. Serpent Foot is applying to have her name legally changed Yet again, no, folks, she was not born Serpent Foot. That was not her given name at birth. She actually grew into this name. Um, she wants to replace Serpent Foot with a collection of seemingly unrelated and disjointed terms. The notice reads, You are hereby notified that on February 23rd, 2015, Serpent Foot filed a, position, a petition in the Superior Court of Floyd County to change her name. If granted, would be known as No Foot, All Foot, Mouth Tail, 69 Vacuum Consumption, Gravity Wheels, Circle Our Greater Self, Habitat, Cosmos, Metamorphosing, Solids, Gas, Liquids, Molten Metal, Molted Frogs, Butterflies, Turtle Isle, Light Fire, Ice, Wind, Spider 8, Trigrams, Roots, Limbs, Wings, Cane, Infinity Symbol, Serpent Foot. That name would, of course, be shortened when necessary, such as on her driver's license. Since a Georgia's driver's license requires two names, hers says Serpent Foot, Serpent Foot. But there is more to the woman than the controversies at the headlines she creates. At 81, she is plagued by a hip injury and uses a walker or a cane to get around. Her small, stooped, frail figure is in direct contrast with the public persona she has created with her outlandish words and actions over the years. She has been sued, or she, I'm sorry, she has sued and been sued. She is even disrobed in a county commission meeting. Now, listen, I, let me get a quote from her real quick. I know what people say about me, she said. I know they say I'm crazy. I don't let it bother me. 
some people just don't understand. That's because you can't understand, crazy ladies and gentlemen. Crazy takes on all forms. Crazy takes on all shapes and sizes. And I'm now filling out a petition to have Serpent Foot officially moved to Florida because someone like that belongs in that state. We have much more to say about it, but I don't want to keep our guest waiting any longer. I'm excited to have this person on because for several years uh, I served as the co-host of the show that she was the heart and soul of. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege, my honor, and my joy to introduce to you after... Oh, I had the wrong volume knob, by the way. My point is this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Welcome to Geek Out Loud. I believe we called her the lovely, the talented, and the powerful. Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Hi. Angie actually said it in the chat. It sounds like Princess Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. (laughs) Yes. Regina Falange. Regina Falange. Teresa, what's it like being an adult? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good good to have you. Good to have you back, Teresa. The crowd goes wild, and uh, we are all excited because uh, it's just good to have you back around and and being back on the podcast, Airwaves Together. As you told the great Greg Luther, um, it's only taken a year for us to get this all worked out, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. That's fine. So, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Uh, Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll just get them all out of the way. (laughs) Happy Life Day. Yes. That's tomorrow, right? Uh, Shaz would know. And uh, and I've... Well, tomorrow's my grandma's 89th birthday. Happy birthday. And I think it's the same day as Life Day. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to look here in, uh, in, in a text group that I have with Shaz Bazaar. And one Scott Rifen. Um and Shaz is a big Life Day fan. It's tomorrow. It is tomorrow, November seventeenth. So happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. Who knew? So John Phillips, I am cranking her volume. Uh, here's the we used to I used to have a separate audio card I would use for calls and that sort of thing, and now it's all on the same deal so. i turned my mic volume up oh, a little great. bit too perfect so hopefully that helps also i'm going to do that <laughs> i'm just going to do more oh, more. Oh, God. yeah we've we've also forgotten how to podcast ladies and gentlemen yes, so that's true so there's that's that true. um w- Teresa, we're here today to discuss a few things ma- namely ahsoka but before we get into that you mentioned that we we might want to discuss because I think it's been one of those things that is, I won't say it's a foundation of our friendship, but it's definitely one of those things we've always come back to a lot, and that is Friends, uh, the 1990s into the 2000s sitcom known as Friends. And unfortunately, recently we uh, 
we received news of the passing, the sudden and tragic passing of uh, of Matthew Perry, and uh, and Chandler. Although not surprising. You don't think so? Is it not surprising someone dies in a hot tub? Well, it's not surprising because I read his book. Yeah. And I did the audiobook so that because he read it. And I think in my mind, after knowing everything that he has gone through, I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, well, at least he's not in pain anymore. Yeah. That's kind of was my thought process. Well, you know, I, I saw where the autopsy report said there were no illicit drugs in his system or anything. So, Right. And I'm not... I'm not saying surprising like that he would have OD'd. I'm saying surprising, not surprising to me because his body's been through a lot. Like yeah, several yeah. years ago, he was in a coma for a really long time. Right. And he's had like <clears throat> a ridiculous amount of surgeries because of all of the drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. what it's done to his body. So I'm kind of not surprised that yeah. his body just sort of gave out. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, he was, he was super funny, super talented. I I loved his character on Friends. I love Chandler. Um, Chandler's one of my favorites. He, you know, it's just <laughs> that he, you know, you had Ross. You, you, David Schwimmer was great at like the physical comedy and everything, and Matt LeBlanc played the perfect kind of fool, you know, to everyone. And and Chandler was that guy that was just above it all. He had his foibles, he had his issues, but he was he was above it all. And would call everyone on their stuff, and you know, and then when he got called on his stuff, you know, he never had a comeback. He he was the epitome of could dish it out but couldn't take it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many, so many great Chandler moments. You know, early on, it was I'm in a vegetable, good Jill, good acre, <laughs> put Joey on the phone. <laughs> when Joey got when the place got robbed. And, uh, and, and, and the things he had to say to Joey, that was, that was some good stuff. But then later on, when he, uh, decided he was in love with Joey's girlfriend, Joey, uh, Kathy. yeah, Joey made him get in the box, the box. and do some the, real thinking. The point of the box is twofold. It's threefold. Or is it threefold? Yeah. One threefold. to think about my friendship with Joey. Two, two. I forget what the thing was, but then three. To think about what I've done, right? And three, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and anytime he would talk, Joe would be like, "I don't hear anything. You doesn't sound like you're doing a lot of thinking in there." Um, <laughs> of course, you know, there's the, the there's the shot of him in later seasons when he's got the glasses on and they're fogged up in the um. In, in the steam room when he's hanging out with Monica's dad and he ends up sitting oh. on Monica's dad's lap. But just his look as he's looking around through the steam glasses was always kind of funny to me. But gosh, the shut up, shut up, shut up with the pivot, pivot, pivot <laughs> thing. That was just, just, pivot. yeah. Pivot. <laughs> Gum would be perfection. That's back to the Jill Goodacre oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just watched the first Thanksgiving episode, oh. the one where everybody's Thanksgiving suck mm-hmm. and they start fighting and stuff. And he's like, now this is like Thanksgiving. That's right. Yeah. He, it, it made him happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. But so many things. And especially in that book, you know, Hank Azaria's character, that's uh, David that Phoebe falls in love with. Yeah. He goes to Minsk. Yep. 
Hank Azario is like one of his best friends. Oh, wow. And so like he got him to come on the show. And then, of course, that's why we have uh, Bruce Willis. It's because of the whole nine yards. Uh, that's he, right. He like, makes a bet with him or something. And then and so he ends up having to come on the show. And um, recently this week, the cast of Friends started sharing their own individual hmm. like tributes to him they did like a a statement at first and then all together and then they've done their individuals and that has been really touching and schwimmer posted a picture from one of his favorite episodes when they were dressed like um miami vice yes (laughs) (laughs) the flashback episodes yeah not the one where the hair was like when they were doing like Flock of Seagulls. It was Miami Vice. So there's like the two different Thanksgivings. I think the Miami Vice one is the one when uh, Monica cuts off his toe with the knife because she's like trying to be sexy with like the mac and cheese box and she drops yeah, the she, knife. And yes, she lost. Yeah, she lost the, all the weight, and so he was back the. The other one was the other flashback with those two was the the hair was like the tears for fears. Oh, tears! For the, fears. Oh, no, I'm in flock of seagulls. No, no, you're right. Yeah. Flock of seagulls. Flock of seagulls. No, I, I, flock of seagulls. Yeah, their hair was done up like flock of seagulls. Yeah, mm. yeah, ridiculous. Or or look, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> he's like, so you're wearing all of my clothes. How is that the opposite? <laughs> Joey actually like dislocated his arm in that in that episode. Was it that episode? I know yeah. there was one where he comes running back through. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. Because the next episode he's got it in the sling, and he's eating the jam and everything. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, he was in Almost Heroes, which was uh, which was a really good movie. Um, well, I, let me no. I'm sorry. It was he and Chris Farley. It wasn't a really good movie, but it was he and Chris Farley. And, and so it's one of those things that in a lot of ways, it's a bit of a, a bit of a a dream team in the nineties, you know, and it was released after Chris Farley passed, but, um, the whole nine yards and the whole 10 yards though, were so much fun, um, with him and Bruce Willis. Yeah. You skip the best one. Fools rush in. Fools rush in. Yeah. You know what? I've only seen that one time a long time ago. Oh yeah. my god, I love Fool's Russian so much. Especially when he has to go hunting with or with all of Salma Hayek's brothers and he ends up landing on cactus and he comes back and she's cussing at them in Spanish because he's got cactus things all up in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the studio after Friends, uh Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yep. Um was actually a really good show. It was Aaron Sorkin and so, you know, the writing was always spot on and everything and um, and he, he played Chandler-esque, but much more in control, a little bit more, you know, as far as just kind of having it together, you know, he was a grown up basically. And, um, but, but he was, I, him and Bradley Whitford really played well off of each other in that show. It was a, I was sad to see that one go the way, it, you know, get canceled after like, I think it was only one season or one and a half seasons. Yeah. Cause I enjoyed he it. He actually became a really good writer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, so. yeah, it was sad. It's sad to see him go. And uh, thanks for the pick me up. That was a great thing to remind me of that we'd have on the show is to is to talk about Matthew Perry being dead because you know everyone loves those kind of discussions. It <laughs> <laughs> so. actually, I actually thought of something that I wanted to because you were you saying flock of seagulls, which made me think of seagulls and the seagull song. Oh. And I had something I wanted to share with you guys because I knew y'all would appreciate this. So I went to a con here in Austin recently and I went to go say hi to Ashley because she was going to mm-hmm. be there. When you knew, I don't get autographs, right? Right. But I had to get one because Steve from Blue's Clues was there. Nice. Okay. So I go up there and he signs my pop vinyl and he's wearing a Yoda shirt. So I started talking to him about about um, Star Wars, and he did Yoda's voice. And then we started talking about the Clone Wars and all this other stuff. And then out of nowhere, he starts singing the Seagull song. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm, I don't know what to do right now. Wow. His clues is crossing over with Star Wars with the Seagull song, nice. and I'm losing it. <laughs> That's awesome. That is great. I saw someone... At a con, a picture of someone at a con, I think, I want to say they were, they kind of had a Yoda thing going on and the seagulls were attacking them. Like they were, they were pecking at the coconut. Yeah, it was, it was a neat, it was one of those things like, I would never be that creative with cosplay. No. But I love it when people are. I can't, I can't do it. But we could go to a convention and I could be a seagull and I could just chase you around. Just (laughs) <laughs> just sing that <laughs> I don't know listen it's been so long since I've heard that I don't know if I could even remember it anymore oh you can it just comes back to you rocking and rolling yeah okay I remember it down to the beach I'm strolling but the seagulls my head, not fun. I said, Seagulls, hmm. stop, stop it, it now. Stop it now. Good night. Yeah, and the log. <laughs> he had a stick. <laughs> I rolled that log over and there was a stick, and I said, That log had a child. <laughs> I haven't thought that's the thing. Like, that, the Seagulls, when that thing hit. That became almost a staple on Rebel Yell and Disney Vault Talk. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. we just would not, you were not going to have one of those shows without the Seagulls song getting played at some point. No. Nope. That's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Rebel Yell, we spent five seasons, four seasons. How many seasons? I always get confused. Someone told However me. However, many there were of Star Wars Rebels. Right. <clears throat> we spent <laughs> four. We spent them. Yeah, I think five it was four. I think it was four. Five. I thought it was the other day. I was telling someone I thought it was five, and um, and they said no. I think it was four. And I'm like, but I'm pretty sure it was five. And they're like, no, it was four. And I'm like, you shut up. <laughs> but it was four. Um, Did you shut up? Yeah. No, you shut up, Steve. Yeah. So we spent four seasons worth of discussion and and breaking down the episodes and everything on on the show Star Wars Rebels on on a show called Rebel Yell. And um so it was that when Ahsoka got started 
and I realized kind of what it was going to be after that first episode. I said, well, can't talk about this without Teresa because this is essentially Rebels Season 5. And yeah. um, and so for that, we, we've got to do a little Rebel Yell. So maybe you all remember this. We are the Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Lawson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rebel Yell. I'm Steve Gloss, along with Teresa Delgado, talking Rebel Season 5, also known as Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to talk about the entirety of the entire season of Ahsoka. And, um, you know, before we got going, uh, Teresa, you mentioned, you said something like, what is your thing these days? In other words, like, what are you into these days? And, um, and I had to stop and think, I'm like, what am I into these days? It's really kind of sad sometimes when I sit back and think about it. I really love Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Did you see that? No. Where do I watch that? Um, That's the problem. There's so many places to watch things because right? all of the streaming. It's like I don't know. Well, it was in the it was in this thing we call a movie theater for for like two oh. weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, back during okay. the summer. <laughs> I don't know that if it's available to stream quite yet, but um, but I it, saw Barbie. Yeah. How was that? I didn't see that one. I, we enjoyed it. I heard Greg it, wasn't sure he was going to like it, and he ended up really liking it. Yeah, so. I heard a lot of things um, about it. So uh, a lot of I heard a lot of decent things about it. To be honest with you, so I, that's that's cool to hear. But um, it just didn't seem like something that was in my wheelhouse. I was really I, I did an episode where I just kind of plowed through everything that I'd seen over the summer, and oh, that yeah. included the Transformers and Guardians Three, which I know you haven't seen, and out of a couple pure other things. laziness, Steve. Well, you know what, Teresa? I believe it's available to stream on Disney Plus now. So I believe it is. Yeah, and I believe that I've contemplated pushing play. Well, then realized that I'd have to actually pay attention, right? And that I was knew that at that point in time. I wasn't going to. It's, the minute I realized it was going to require effort for me to actually zone in on what was going on on the screen, I said, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I want to tell you this, and I don't I don't know. I, I had the experience in the theater ruined for me because um, of what I kept expecting to happen. And what I kept expecting to happen never happened. And the reason I expected something to happen is because I was told by a bunch of grown men how much they cried during that movie. During Guardian? Yes. Okay. And and so I was sitting there the whole time just terrified about the moment that was about to take place. And like Star Lord dying or something? And such well, I can't spoil anything, Teresa. I'm just saying that it it was rough. And uh and so that 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 tainted my enjoyment of it. But when I went back and rewatched it one weekend on Disney plus, um, I really did like it. It was, 
it it was probably one of the better of the Marvel movies that have come out since Endgame. So well, you'll like Barbie because Ryan Gosling's in it, and that's all you need. I've never been a big fan of all Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, <laughs> she says with a faraway look in her eye. <laughs> that Ryan Gosling, I tell you what. All right, we're going to talk about Ahsoka. But my mom was over yeah. the other day, mm-hmm. and we were we just put on Fellowship of the Ring as you. Oh did, yeah, uh, extended edition. Yes, and I'm like. Can we just get to Rivendell? Can we just get to Rivendell? <laughs> and then once you do, it's the it's, it's the next the, it's the next CD. Put in the next DVD. <laughs> it was we own it on digital. Mm, mm-hmm. I have to do that. But as soon as it happened, Greg and my nephew were in the office where I am now, and I just went, "He has arrived." <laughs> And my nephew's like, who's she talking about? And I hear, can hear Greg going, Legolas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, a young Orlando Bloom in a blonde wig. Oh. Be still my heart. Exactly. I was almost about to say that. You know, I have been, and, and maybe it's because it's getting into the holiday times and everything, but I have been scrolling past and stopping on Fellowship of the Ring a few times thinking maybe I should watch this. Maybe I should watch this, but I just haven't. You talk about a time, you know, commitment. Yeah. You're like, especially <laughs> when you go to the, go to the extended editions. And the thing is, it's like the minute I start watching, it, I know I'm going to be sucked right in because they are those movies. Those, the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I don't have a, such a high praise for the Hobbit trilogy, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I, I said way back <laughs> in the early 2000s, these are nearly perfect movies. And, and I stand by that. I just think the, the, the work that went into them, the scenery, the, the, the effects, the, the attention to the source material, you know, slavishly attentive to the source material. Mm-hmm. And I just... I I love those movies a whole lot, and I just the only thing that keeps me from watching even the theatrical releases is just the time. It is like well, because I hate to start something and stop it. Yeah, can't stand yeah. it. Um, and there are certain movie franchises like that that Greg and I we kind of look at each other like, do we want to start this? Because we know we're gonna have to watch them all. So yeah. like Hunger Games, like we know we are gonna have to watch mm-hmm. them all, or Lord of the Rings. Or uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas with Star Wars, it's not so much. Like, we can, like, pick and choose. You know, yeah. like, we don't, ha- we don't have to, you know, go through all of them. Right. But, but it's like with Harry Potter, you can't just, like, pick and choose. Right. It's just, yeah. I am so excited for the Harry Potter series coming on HBO Max. I can't even tell you. I'm really interested in it. I think it's going to be neat. I-, I wonder how people are going to respond to recast characters and everything else you know i know oh, i'm fine i'm fine with that yeah. what i want is an entire season devoted to a book are you kidding i think that's great i think that's what? a fantastic idea yeah yes. i think that's using the medium of a television series in in the right way um, like ahsoka well sort of kind of um <laughs> sort of kind of i look i i wanted i want to touch back on the star wars thing 
I'm the same way with Star Wars. I can just put in a Star Wars movie and be absolutely fine not having to watch the others. I will watch the others, you know, the the prequel in the, in the original trilogy, just like, you know, I'll get sucked into a day of prequel and, and original trilogy, no problem. But I think it's because I know them so well that, like, it really is just like sitting under a blanket for a little while and, and having this movie on and then going about my day or whatever the case may be. Um with it's a Harry like putting on friends. It really is. It really is. And with Harry, you know, like with Harry Potter and even Lord of the Rings, you know that the and I guess the Star Wars story isn't necessarily complete, but if you watch A New Hope, you've got a complete story there. Yeah. You know, you've got a beginning, middle and end. And I know with the earlier Potter, it's it's kind of that way as well. But the deeper you get into that series, when you hit 3, when you hit Prisoner of Azkaban, you're like, "Okay, we're just here. We're in for the whole ride now." You can't you might be able to watch Sorcerer's Stone and be like, that was a cute movie and, and walk away. But if you say, well, we'll go on the second one. And then if you hit the third one, when you get Azkaban there in the third one, you're just like, well, we got to be in. We got to find out yeah, how this is. Because that's when the universe really starts building for Harry is that third book. Um, mm-hmm. That's why it's my favorite. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, <clears throat> it's a great series. Um, the The other thing is, the other one that's been like that for us, but it will never happen again, um, <laughs> is I'm ashamed to say the Fast and the Furious series. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's my wife's fault. That's Haley's fault. Um, because one day we were talking about it, and she mentioned that she never saw the one, the last one that uh, Paul Walker was in. And I said... I don't even know which one that was. I said, Haley, I don't... I'd, I'd seen the first one many years ago when it came out in theaters and I just did not care for it. I was like, all right, I've, I've seen this. I'm done. So I never went back to them. And I'm telling you what, now I will say this. They are absolutely over the top, ridiculous movies that you can just shut your brain off and watch and just kind of, as long as you don't try to make anything, any, anything logical out of it, they're really fun. And a great cast, Gal Gadot's in there. I didn't realize Gal Gadot was in that thing. The Rock, of course, shows up. Jason Statham. Um, Jason Momoa's in the last one. John Cena, they say he was in there, but I couldn't see him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we watched all of those, and now we're waiting on this last one to come out here sometime soon, I guess. But I... I think the last one I saw was Tokyo Drift, and I don't even know which one that is. That's the third one. Okay, then I've only seen the first three. How many are there? They're 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 like ten and soon to be eleven. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, we watched through those. Yeah. So if I can, I guess my thing is if I can watch through the Fast and the Furious movies, I can watch through anything, and that's kind of. Uh, the- Mark in the chat asked thoughts on the Hunger Games prequel. I've read the book. If they do the book justice, it's going to be amazing. So Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, it came out, comes out tomorrow or something like that. Uh, if they do the justice to the book, it'll yeah, be good. You know, um, the, uh, the, we're, Haley's really looking forward to it because she liked the book as well. I didn't care for the Hunger Games. There it is. I said it. I tried to read the first book back when it was all the big rage. And I am not a fan of first person narration at all in a book. Um, um. When when she was describing eating a berry, I was like, I'm done. 
Um, Because no one eats a berry that way. No one thinks about my teeth burst through the shell of the berry and the juices filled my mouth. It flooded my tongue with flavor. Yeah. I'm I'm rereading them right now so I know what you're doing. Oh, that just irritated me so bad. Um, But the movies are good. The movies are the movies. I kind of was predicting them the whole time and kind of knew what was going to go down. I got really frustrated with the fact that how many years have they done the Hunger Games? When when you meet up with... with when you first meet Katniss? Prue and Paul, yeah, whatever the names are. Prue and Paul. Katniss and Peta and I'm Gail? So, yeah, I'm sorry. Prue 70, and... Her, her sister's name is Prim. Prim, yeah. Uh, Prue and Paul are the, are the British Bake Off judges. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That show. Love that show. <laughs> Have you watched the Every... juniors? Have you watched the junior Bake Off? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're about four episodes into that. I love that Let show. Let me just say that, like, I could make a rough puff pastry. <laughs> rough puff. Rough puff. Rough puff. Um, and all of those showstoppers. Oh. I mean, piece of cake. I got. Come that. on now. Come on I now. Come on now. I ace every technique. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so it's the seventy fourth because in okay. Catching Fire it's the quarter quell, which is the seventy fifth. Right. Week. Okay. So they go for seventy five years without someone stepping up and being like, "No, we're going to overthrow this mess." Like at some point, you've got to, as the people, come together and overthrow this evil dictatorship that's keeping folks oppressed. Ugh, it just makes me, my my well, my blood boils. Say all the things I want to say about that help explain some of that would ruin Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So I can't say anything. Haley knows what I'm talking. I about. understand. Haley knows where you're at. She knows. Well, we'll probably go see that because it's on Haley's want to watch list, and so um, so we'll hit the theater to see that. I'm sure. But uh, the Mission Impossible films. Someone mentioned those earlier. Those are ones I get sucked into on a pretty regular basis. I. I I really learned to love the Mission Impossible films, even though Tom Cruise is kind of a weirdo, but he does his own stunts. We do Bond. Bond is good. Bond is, you know, that's, if you watch all the Bond movies, that's quite the commitment as well. If you go all the way back to Sean Connery and move forward. Of course we do. Of course we do. And, you know, and this is the time of year for that. By the way, coming up on the Patreon, uh, Dave Jones and I will be watching A View to a Kill and talking about that, so... That's the one with Christopher Walken. We watch the bad movies on on the Patreon. So, <laughs> uh, Greg likes to watch the Godfathers, so we do that. You know what? I've watched that trilogy once, and that's one I haven't revisited. He uh, loves mob stuff, but yeah. like he, like his favorite movie has got to be. Oh my god, what is that one? I don't. Remember. Goodfellas. Yeah, that one. See, yeah. you know my husband better than There you go. Um, I also have been, now this is, this. you're not going to go down this road with me, but I've also really been feeling the pull towards some old school Godzilla here lately. Um, and, you, you know, any, because they're just so, especially the ones in the late 60s into the 70s, are just so over the top, like Power Rangers-esque almost. It's just crazy. It really is just nuts. When you've got Godzilla on his tail doing a drop kick toward King Kong, there's nothing better than that. Rubber man in a big rubber suit fighting it out with a giant monkey, you know? So I enjoy those. But anyhow. Uh, I have to ask you a question, though. Yeah, go ahead. It's very important. It's important to our friendship because I know how you feel about these things. Uh, have you heard the last 
Beatles song? You know, I haven't because I was never a big Beatles fan. Oh, that's right. Remember? I sort of <laughs> forgot that somehow. <laughs> I haven't, but I heard that it came out. It's a really neat thing. You know, what they, they took a demo that that uh, Lennon had recorded, right? Correct. And, um, and Ringo and, and McCartney got together and... So remastered it and how they get how they get George Harrison gave on there? it to them. Yoko gave it to them in the 90s and they started messing with it. And there were some other songs that they were able to record with George hmm. and re-released or released when anthology stuff was coming out. But this specific song, John's voice was sort of muted behind the piano and there was like this hum that they couldn't get rid of. So they had mm-hmm. worked on it with George. But they couldn't actually, they couldn't, the technology didn't exist for them to be able to really make the song nice. Mm -hmm. So it was after the Get Back movie that Peter Jackson did. Right. For the Beatles um, that he developed like this AI technology and he was able to take that demo off of a cassette tape and separate everything and pull John's voice crystal clear wow get rid of the hum and so then he and paul and ringo went back and were able to actually finish it and it's out and it's like first i didn't know it was coming and it popped up on my youtube and it said the last beatles song and it said now and then and i was like well that's not a beatles song i know every beatles song like what (laughs) who are you and what are you talking about right then i realized what it was and i listened to it and the video that went along with it, and mm-hmm. I like, I started bawling like a baby. Well, you know the 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 Get Back docu docu series was just fascinating oh, to good. me. Good, just absolutely fascinating to me because it's what you want it to be. There was no real commentary on everything that was going on outside of a few like three weeks before, two weeks before all this stuff, and um, and I was just really fascinated at the creative process. You know, you saw Yoko lurking in the shadows, of course. You had all this other stuff going on. You know, the, Her- George Harrison just is gone. And and Ringo really became the star of that whole deal. Like, because he was just so laid back and chill with everything. You know, like, he had that drummer's attitude. Like, just going along with it, lads. And, um, and, and. You just see him off in the corner waiting on everybody else. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a weird movie here pretty soon, so we need to get this done. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, but I did hear, and, and li- I'm fascinated by the process, you know, because really it comes down to the technology caught up with what they needed to do to get that song out. And, um, and it's so, such a Beatles thing. Yeah, and when you've got half the the group no longer with us, you know, a, and, and they're still able to pull all this together, just really, it's a cool story, and it's a great thing. I've not really listened to the song Um You should play like tiny, tiny, tiny. Bits. I sure will. I sure will. But I just need to say that Derek Russell has just texted me and said he oh, took me no. to see a dang beetle, and he did. You're right, Derek. You took me to see a beetle, and uh, <laughs> was it in a zoo like a bug? No, it was Paul McCartney. Uh, this oh, was I've seen Paul twice. This was circa 2000. I don't know, 15 or 16. And I had gone over to visit with Derek and Tupelo, and, and he was like, well, we've got a Paul McCartney concert. And I'm like, okay, well, no big deals. He's like, maybe I can get you a ticket. And he got me a ticket. And uh, and it was a really cool seat. So I was I was way back in the back, but it was a, I always think like in an arena, especially if you're toward the very back, 
against the wall, the sound is really good because nothing's mm-hmm. bouncing back at you. And I didn't know three quarter. I, I didn't know 90% of the songs he did, but he did Live and Let Die, and I knew that song. And there was one he did that the Muppets did, and I knew mm-hmm. that song. And, did he pull out his purple piano? Uh, there was a piano on stage, but I don't know that he pulled it out. It Was was it 2012, Derek? I thought it was much later in time than 2012. I think it was after 2012. Had to be. He, he has a purple piano that he that he plays uh, at his concerts. Not all the time. Yeah. But one of the times I saw him, he had his purple piano. Couldn't tell you if this was a purple one or not. I could tell you that... Uh, that toward the end of the concert, I went to find where Derek and his crew were at, and we and we hung out there, and um, we uh, uh, that's when we got to watch the encore. And it's one of those disillusioning disillusioning things about the encore because he did live and let die as the encore, and that's when they spit the confetti and everything out. To me, the encore should come after the confetti, but that's you know what? That's just a little nitpick on my part with the Paul McCartney show. I mean, he's British. Well, he was super duper talented. Obviously, you know, he's been in entertainment for years. It was a good show. I'm not, I just didn't know any of the songs because I've never been a big Paul McCartney Wings Beatles fan. So that's me. Which I just can't understand. We were walking in Memphis, walking in Memphis. You know, just because, uh, okay, here's the thing. I like early Beatles. I like. He's an adorable, cute little button of a man. Absolutely appreciate the talent there and everything i like early beatles i like the um she's got a ticket to ride yes she's got a ticket to red she's got a ticket to ride but he don't care anyway um or we've got a ticket right i don't know may 26 2013 it was 2013 okay i'll take it 10 years ago this this year wow yeah crazy whole a whole other life. A whole other life. Ahsoka. Let's talk about Ahsoka. We've rambled. We've 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 done all the stuff. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Now, Teresa, I'm gonna be as fair as possible to this show. And I want you to know that. I am not angry about this show. I'm not mad at it. I'm not I'm not one of these people who are like, this just shows everything that's wrong. Um, I I thought that this show was good, but could have been a lot better. That's what I thought. I agree. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. But not as good as Andor. Oh, really? <laughs> You think so? Is that true? Do you mean that from the bottom of your heart? I do. I really enjoyed Andor. I was Andor was gritty, and I liked. It. I thought Andor Andor was miserable. I did not enjoy Andor very much, very much at all. I loved how gritty Andor was. I I hated how boring Andor was. And- you know, I think I think part of that is because I think a lot of people from Rogue One, the charm is K two S O. Yeah, and yeah. he wasn't there, but he'll be there in the next season. You, well, you know, here's I I kind of disagree with that. I think what it was is you had someone who Andor felt to me, and and I don't want to spend too much time here. Andor felt to me like a a science fiction script of a TV show that someone had. 
that couldn't get sold anywhere else until they slapped Star Wars on it and and wedged Star Wars characters in there. And because it did not it did not have a Star Wars feel to me. Not I mean obviously the the technology was there and the imagery and all was there. Like it 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 was this thing of like we've got Star Wars locations and we've got Star Wars looking things going on. But the pacing of the show, I couldn't tell you one of those characters' names outside of Andor, and I guess Luthen um, was Stellan Skarsgård's name. Um, you know, I liked the end. I liked the speech that she gave. You know, rise up, let's do this. I'm to me that you know that gets my freedom blood pumping and everything. But it just took so long in my estimation to get there. Um, but yeah, but. Uh, but I, it just, I don't know. I, I think you've got to be careful about slapping the Star Wars name on something and putting some Star Wars characters in there. You know, I, there's just a, there's a, there's a certain personality that Star Wars has. And, 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 and since 2015, that personality has been kind of altered a little bit. It's been watered down some. And, um, and, and and I think that Andor was, to me, was one of those things. I'm fine that people like it, you know? Like, I'm not... Here's the thing. I'm not mad at any of it, you know? Like, I love seeing the TIE Fighters flying over at certain points and that sort of thing. Stormtroopers are always good to see. You know, there was some... When they had moments of action, it was good action, you know? Um, but, man, it was... You're, when you say gritty, I say it was also grim. That whole prison sequence for those couple episodes... Oh. Yeah. You know, that's brutal stuff like that. You know, stuff like that has to go on in Star Wars, but you don't you always that's always supposed to happen off screen. You know, you're not supposed to see that. See, and I guess that's the thing for me is that I actually really liked I liked seeing that brought in. Mm -hmm. But I also really like Rogue One. So and I like, oh, Cassie. And so I'm not sure, you know, but like I really I enjoy there was some parts of Ahsoka that I was like. Yeah, and mainly sure. because, do you remember those tops cards? Yeah, of course I do. Did? Yeah, some of those tops cards were in those episodes. Yeah, yeah. If you go back and you look at them, and I was like, in my head, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Right. Something's connected. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is it? That well, uh, let well let's. There was eight, eight. Was it eight episodes of of Ahsoka? Yeah, there were, I never know anymore when it comes to these either. shows. It's like pick a pick a number. <laughs> there were eight episodes of Ahsoka, which roughly ran. I mean, when you when you figure they're about forty five minutes or so each, you know, you're talking about what th- six hours, six and a half hours, or whatever the case may be. Um, I guess <clears throat> this is. I, I don't. I'll just. You know what? Let's do it this way. Let me start with the criticisms, and then we'll go into what was really good. Um. In six and a half hours worth of television time, um, they did not do as much with these characters as six hours of original trilogy did or six hours of prequel trilogy did. You know, I'll, maybe six hours of sequel trilogy, but definitely the you, you, if you've got this kind of time to spend with these characters, there needs to be some arcs that are very understandable and some motivations that are understandable. And I know that you don't want to give every, if you've got a second season coming, you don't want to give everything away, but I really feel like that they were relying a lot on what are like nostalgia bombs 
and that sort of thing. And I do, I don't know, I can't, I can't judge this movie or this series as someone who did not watch Rebels, like as the casual fan, because I did watch Rebels and I enjoyed Rebels. So I'm not able to say, well, the casual fan can't get into it. I can't say that. To me, it seems like that. It seems like this is a hard entry point for the casual viewer who's just like, oh, this is this new Star Wars thing on Disney+. Plus. Let's check this out. I feel like they're going to open up that first episode and be like, well, who's this Sabine person? What's Clancy Brown doing here? What's that wall painting behind him? You know, like, it. there's no guarantee that people have seen Clone Wars or Rebels. And so you almost have to do a little bit better footwork to introduce these characters from the get-go. The other thing is, is the Sabine Ahsoka tension that's there the whole time until the very end. Um, that is something that should have been explained up front so that you're going on a, I agree. so that you're going on a journey with those characters to resolve that tension, you know, I agree. Uh, and uh, outside of that, really, I just felt like some of the story was a little disjointed and, um, and and uh and, and and there was a lean into the mystery a little too much and I don't know that all the mystery got told but because I'm okay with Attack of the Clones going into Revenge of the Sith I can't really stand by that criticism too much <laughs> so for me not really explaining the Sabine Ahsoka tension situation that yeah. was kind of confusing I was like did I miss something right. like what did and if I missed it then everybody sure sure well because like when did they really interact a lot you know when we saw them in rebels you know they didn't you know sabine so this takes place off screen right you know so yes i agree with that the one thing i think i like the television format because we get more time Mm -hmm. but i all but what i don't like is that we're only doing like eight episodes yeah Yep. It needs to be like Rebels was what, you know, at least like 15, 16 there episodes were, a season, right? Yeah, there were 77 total episodes of Rebels um, when it came so, right down to it. So you're talking about 14 to 15, sometimes, let's see, as many as season two had 22 episodes. And you're you talking know. about like 23 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. And this goes for all the shows. This goes for Obi-Wan and or everything. We Six episodes, eight episodes. I mean, like, can we at least do like 10, 12, <laughs> you know, like <clears throat> give us some some time to if you're going to breathe into the story instead of just hit the ground running, you know, yeah. if you're going to let it breathe then you need time to let it breathe. Right, right. You know? Sure. Yeah, I. the thing is, is I don't know what they would do with all that extra time sometimes. I think that if you go back and you watch, especially if it's a Filoni-led show, and I know that we don't we don't say negative things, negative things about Filoni necessarily, but if you go back and watch Rebels and Clone Wars, you know, there's a lot of... And, and Clone Wars wasn't necessarily a serialized show in, in as much as like one episode didn't necessarily lead into the other. But you had these moments that were set up and it took a long time, a lot of times to get those things ever paid off. 
and so and the, and in the point and in those times there was a lot of stuff it's like I could do without this I could do without this episode this you know nothing really happens kind of the same thing in rebels until it really got its feet under it you know around that middle late second season but so I just I wonder what they would do with all that extra time I I feel like there I don't know I'm not a I, you know I I, I want to be careful because like I said I don't want to get too critical of everything because there's a lot to like um but I just think that some there needed to be someone that would come in and either tighten up the story, tighten up those character arcs, or or say, you know what, we need an extra three episodes. We need, you know, let's restructure this here. Let's let's do this a little bit differently this way. Um, outside of that, though, like I I don't know. I've seen you know a lot of what. I've seen other people criticize. I can't go down the road of some of those criticisms as far as like Ahsoka's personality early on, how she's all stoic and everything, you know, and I'm okay with that. Like I'd never had a problem. Like I didn't think Ahsoka need to be smiling and we, she's a grown woman now. She's not that she's not She's been stuff. Yeah. She's not snips anymore for crying out loud. No, You know, all you have to do is watch that final episode or two of the clone wars you know, that Order 66 takes place in, and you just see not only the, the 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 weight of war that she went through, the trauma that came from that, but then, you know, knowing what we know about her time in Rebels, you know, the face-off with Vader, realizing that Anakin had turned, and 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 I think what they do kind of a good job of in that fifth episode where it's her and Anakin is they do a really good job of showing that she carried the weight of thinking it was her fault because she left Anakin, that she feels like Anakin never would have turned if she hadn't walked away. Yeah. You know, and so she has to go through what she goes through five episodes of eight in to kind of come to grips with that. And so when she comes out of that situation, she's different. You know, a little bit of that spark of the old Ahsoka that we knew is back. I was completely okay with that. Like, I didn't understand why people had a problem with her crossing her arms, looking off, you know, a little bit of stoicism. To me, it's like, this is someone who's been through a lot and is still trying to figure out if she's a Jedi, you know? Or what she is. Right, what exactly she is. Like, what is my role here? What am I, you know? I mean, like, am I Quinlan Boss? Um. Right. (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah. And so, no, I didn't have an issue with that either. I know that it bothered my mom because she felt like she was too serious. And we talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I didn't have a problem with that. And I think Rosario Dawson played her well, you know, with the direction that she was given with what she was told Mm -hmm. to do and all that stuff. So I think she played her very well. I think, Um, I think had we not seen her as Ahsoka in Mandalorian first and then later in, in Boba mm. Fett, I would have had a hard time getting used to her in that role. But having that, having that table laid out for us, knowing what I was getting into, I think she acquitted herself really well in the role. Mm -hmm. I do think that it did take kind of a while to get going mm-hmm. but some of those callbacks to rebels just you know, it hit me in the field <laughs> right you well, know and and that's one of the things i guess is i'm just looking at it from the perspective somebody who watched rebels and enjoyed it and was getting a story that i wanted mm-hmm. you know to to go down 
And, uh, you know, I don't know where we're going. I don't know if there's a season two because I don't know if there's a movie coming out. Let, Let me just say this. I pay zero attention to anything that Lucasfilm says about any kind of movie that they're making until I see a trailer. <laughs> even so, then. Hey, even then. Even, <laughs> don't don't show me a logo because that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You don't forget. You can, you can interview all the actors. Hey. And the director. Don't forget. Until, I was going to say, don't forget Patty Jenkins climbed in an X-Wing talking about how much she was excited to do that movie. Done. Yeah. Nope. Patty Jenkins is I out. I don't believe anything anymore so until i'm sitting in a theater and it starts <laughs> and even then not i'm not so sure <laughs> yeah even then i'm not so sure i look i i think that one of the things and you're right i and and that's one of the things i had to say how much am i just loving the revisiting loth lothal and seeing ezra's home and sabine and 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 all oh of these God, you know the kid- the loth cat yeah <laughs> but at the same time i was just like is this covering up the flaws of of the show you know and i i don't i don't know that they got the mileage out of me from the nostalgia stuff that they got from other people and that's fine again i'm not mad at this thing i just think that you know, I look, I love the visuals. Like, I think they did a great job. And I, I feel like a lot of this was done in the volume, you know, but I think it's one of the, I think it's a much better use of the volume than they did in some of the other things that were done in the volume. You know, I, I think that, that they, yeah, I do. I think this was done much better. I think that this was done much better than, um, than Book of Boba Fett as far as the use of the volume and that sort of thing. Right, <laughs> they can't see me, but I just was like, I'm riding a bantha, riding riding a bantha, riding a rancor. Um, I, I thought the casting of pretty much everyone was great. You know, um, I like Natasha, whatever her name is. Yeah, for, I was gonna say Beddingfield. That's not right. No, Bordizo. Yeah, for Sabine. Yeah, I think she was great. I uh, I can't remember her name. Or the character's name, honestly, of the blonde Sith girl. Yeah, Ivana Sokno. She, she, she Yeah, Shin Hadi. Shin Hadi? Shin Haiti? She was fun. Yeah. yeah. She was fun. All right, can we, look, Thrawn. Yeah, let's get... I realize. Oh, hold on. Talk, I, Wait a minute. If we're going to talk Thrawn, we have to give him his drop here. Hold on. So you're talking about Dad Bod Thrawn? Yeah, but now you have to talk. (laughs) Oh, whoops! Sorry, Seth. Um, (laughs) Look, Teresa, I don't know. I said this. I did say this on an episode of Goal, I think, or maybe I was just talking to someone off off mic. But um, did you watch either uh, uh, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? All right, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, not on purpose. Okay. <laughs> Gus Fring. 
someone in my house yeah. watched Better Call Saul yeah. and Breaking Bad. Yeah. And would put it on when I was in the room, even though I said, I don't want to watch this, Kaka. All right. Yeah. And so through osmosis, yeah. I absorbed some of it. Um, the uh, Grand Moff uh, or, or Moff Gideon. Um, I can't remember his name right now. I'm so sorry. Um, Giancarlo, oh, Giancarlo the, Esposito. Uh, the mirror from Once Upon a Time? Oh, yeah, he he's, did play. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, Giancarlo Esposito. He played Moff Gideon in, in Mandalorian. Right. Um, Gus is this incredible villain in, in, those, in those shows. Yeah, he's the chicken guy, right? He works at he's the, the chicken, chicken guy. You know, he's... he's <laughs> The I told thi- you I absorbed stuff. the thing about him. The thing about that character is he's so well put together, and and nothing ever shakes him. And when he has to be polite, he's super polite. He's very friendly to his employees, treats them all so well. But he's also, you know, a meth dealer through a cartel and a meth smuggler. And and when it comes time for him to really throw down and be scary he is terrifying um and uh and and i just think that thrawn needs that kind of edge in live action um he needs that edge of and and because i love the portrayal of thrawn i loved um i i i I think his voice is perfect i think his look was good you know he's just he is a great villain, but he could be so much better. I didn't have a problem with this look, man. The dude's aged. I mean, how long after this? I mean, this is 10, 15 years later. I'm not sure when this takes place in the timeline. That's also confusing. Yeah. Because Greg asked me and I was like, well, baby Yoda's not here yet. No, he I is there. Think- this happens after the Mandalorian because... The Morgan Elsbeth lady is who Ahsoka was fighting in right. that episode, and she With the staff, yeah, yeah, and right. So yeah, this happens after. I think it even happens after Book of Boba Fett when we see Ahsoka with Baby Yoda and Luke. Also, I don't Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> I still don't know how to get to Wikipedia. Um. Okay, well, what I was going to say about Thrawn before I stuffed a fish stick in my face. Okay. Because um, he does his voice in Rebels. Right, right. And you know how I was, like, every time we talked about it in Rebels, I was like, <clears throat> like, his voice gives me the chills, like, you know, Mufasa. Right. <laughs> uh, but then, like, in person, it wasn't the same. Really? And I was bummed. Really? Like, his look was like, ooh, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was, it wasn't the same. And I don't know if it was because I was distracted by the witches who reminded me of the fates from Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I have, like, I have this YouTube link for you. Uh, <laughs> the fates from Hercules? Because that's what they reminded me of. It was like. I was like, who are these people? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember the fates from Hercules. Sure. <laughs> but there was something about him that wasn't as 
He doesn't Terri- terrifying. Wasn't as, as menacing, yeah. As animated Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah. And it bums me a little bit. Well, I I think that, I just think that comes down to the, the edge is not there with him. Like you you Thrawn needs to be and and he wasn't necessarily and and he wasn't necessarily this way in the books, but he needs to be this guy who knows more than you do no matter who you are. But he also needs to be just this super calm, in control. But we also needed to see a moment where he loses control. We and we needed to see Thrawn get scare, angry, scary. You know, yeah, but he only gets he doesn't ever get like that, right? Even in the books, like upset Thrawn is like he yells and moves his eyebrows. He vexes you know? me, like. Mithron Yorodo. Yeah. <laughs> I am vexed by this individual. <laughs> you know, I don't know, though. I mean, again, I think a lot of it goes back to the power of animation. Yeah. I yeah. mean, animation is not just for kids, folks. Well, you can scare the poop out of you. <laughs> well, you're dealing with, uh, you know, a character that was first in our imaginations, you know, we read on the page and, and you might've seen a comic book. You did. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Well, we read him on the page and, and he was described and described pretty well by Timothy Zahn initially. And there were drawings of him and stuff out of some comics and a couple action figures. We didn't see him fully realized like in motion until the animation. And then in live action, you know, that's the thing about alien characters in a live action setting You've got to have the lighting and the makeup and everything just spot on so that you're not taken out of the moment when you see them. You know, there there's a moment after Ahsoka almost dies where she doesn't have her headband on. Loved it. And <laughs> well, my, my thing was, it's like, I can kind of see the makeup lines, you know, like I was. Well, yeah, but at the same for me, I was like, it threw me off for a second. Right. And right. then I was like. Oh, she's casual. Yeah. Like she has her hair down. Yeah. Like she doesn't have her ponytail. In. Right. 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 You know, and and I kind of liked it. Like she just almost like just puts on like a robe and mm-hmm. like these little snuggy shoes. Snuggy. You know. Shoes. <laughs> and I was just like, and that was the moment when she stopped being so serious and right. you got a little bit of her because she walks off the ship and Jason comes running over and Jason, mm-hmm. oh my god. That kid, rock star. Can we have a show about him? I don't, I don't know if I can stand it. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be like Ezra, you know, it'll be yeah. a little time to get used to. Yeah, it'll be like but Ahsoka, it'll take a little time to get used he to. He has better hair automatically because it's real. Well, there was, yeah, I was going to say, there was one, the first time we see him on screen just for a few minutes, they digitally colored his hair, it looked like. And. I was like, come the on. The moment he has with Chopper and he's listening. Yep. And yep. he and Hera's like, what do you hear? Oh, I was like, oh, Kanan. Um, I, that actually really got me in the feels yeah. and now I'm thinking about it. But you see a little bit of joy on Ahsoka's face. And I was just like, oh, I love it. Uh, someone in the chat said that there wasn't any art and that's why Thrawn wasn't as compelling. And I agree. I, I can see that. Where was, where was his art? Well, I mean, the only time we saw Thrawn, he was in the hangar of the Star Destroyer the whole time. Right. You know, so I need to go to his room and I need to right. see You've got to go to his collection. office to see his new art collection for sure. Also, 
can we explain how if they're they left together mm-hmm. on the same ship yeah and then they're in the same weird place yeah how are they not together and how did one not kill the other like how did did Ezra just like well let fall me out, out yeah. of the the hot air balloon from Oz over there and let me let me give you the he, let me give you the answer that we would get in the show it's a long story it's a long story he wrote on turtles yeah or in turtles God, no I think they were hermit in are turtles? they no on turtles no they're, they're well the Turtle frogs. The, turtle, they're hermit turtles. crab people. They're more like hermit crabs and turtles, aren't turtle they? Turtle hermits? Tur- her- hermit hurdles. No. Hurdles. Termits. Termit. Termit crabs. Hurdles. Cra- I think they actually have a species name. Well, sure they do, Teresa, but I'm not on Wikipedia <laughs> to look that up right now. I don't know how to get to Wikipedia. I've never been able to get there without like following some weird link or something. I don't understand... How you get to Wikipedia. <laughs> I just don't it's it's a it's a blind spot in my Google foo. So all right. Let me uh let me back up here real quick as we're talking about Thrawn and and the Star Destroyer, the, the Chimera, as it were. I guess that's still the Chimera. That he's on. That was the name of a ship in the in the books. I've lost you, Teresa. Why are you muted? My bad. I can't unmute my guests because you chose to <laughs> mute yourselves. It says, um, "The uh, as, as we're talking about that, you know that that does bring us to Morgan Elsbeth and the fact that there are some Night Sisters that are there on the you know those fates, the three fates from Hercules were there waiting on her." Um, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, as far as we know from the whole Clone Wars situation, the Night Sisters are pretty much got wiped out. Yeah. And so with Morgan Elsbeth being part of their clan or what have you, uh, and these three, you know, that's kind of a scary proposition that the Night Sisters are coming back to the gal the, the galaxy proper. You know what I mean? Like by by the end of the thing. I, or fabulous. I, I thought that I'm was... I'm going to go with fabulous. Fabulous proposition. I like the fact that they brought those in. I Like, that was one of the things I really liked and was glad to see, you know, that the Night Sisters are still around. Because to me, that is the sword and sorcery part of Star Wars that was left out, and it needed to be left out, I get it, of Andor. You know, like, you the sword and sorcery... That was really even some of it outside of those couple of episodes that was left out of the book of Boba Fett. You know, I, I, I think that, I think that what I've realized about star Wars is that if we don't get a little bit of the fairy tale mixed in with the science fiction, I don't know that it works as strongly, um, as, as it should, you know, because even with, uh, with, with rogue one, which I loved rogue one, one of the great things about rogue one is though there were no Jedi present and though no one was using the force, it maybe you had cheer it, and Bays, who were the guardians of the wheels, you know, and they were, you know, Chirrut was still very sold out to the Force. So that the whole idea of the Force was still very much present in everything. Um, and then, of course, Vader, Vader showed up and did his thing at the end. Star Wars is all about the the fairy tale aspect of it. You know, it's to me, Star Wars is is 
more of like, yeah, I would say like more of like a fairy tale than Star Trek. And Star Trek is more science fiction. Right. Yep. For you know, sure. Yeah. And so you definitely have to, you have to have that aspect to it. And oddly enough, this came up yesterday when I was podcasting. Oh, nice. <laughs> I podcasted two days in a row. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, they're called the Noti, N-O-T-I. That's right, the gnocchi. The gnocchi. They're potatoes. They're, they're uh, potato pasta. They're lobster crab turtle people. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, hey, really quickly, let me just, let me dip back into something. The fates? No. No, the, the, the whole throne and Ezra being there. I mean, obviously, threat, one of, you know, Ezra was thrown from the Star Destroyer or something, or oh, Thrawn was knocked out and he was, and Ezra was able to get away pretty quickly, that sort of thing, you know. Sure. Um, the, the thing is, is they were brought there to that world by, now we called them space whales. Purgles. Right. But they're purgles. And unfortunately, one of the thing, one of the things that happened in this show was no one ever referred to them as purgles. They referred to them as star whales all the time. And I'm just thinking, star whales, nothing but star whales. I, I'm just like, they're purgles. Just call them what they are. It's okay to use the name for something. We, No one called Minox weird space bats. It was sucky face space bats, you know. No, no, no. They said they're Minox chewing on the cables out here. You know, yeah, we, did they actually say Kowakian monkey lizard? No, that was Salacious B. Crumb. He had a name, you know. I know, but they never say Kowakian. They don't. Lizard. You're right. They don't, but they never even refer to him as anything. Um, oh, uh, 3PO calls him a filthy beast or something like that. <laughs> Disgusting animal. Um, you know, the Sarlacc pit. It's not like the big worm looking thing in the, in the middle of the sand. The, the, the earthbound terms, I don't Puffer like. Pig. Puffer pig was horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, uh, that was a weakness metal, of rebels. Metal eating bird. Yeah. The steel pecker is what that was actually called. Definitely don't like that name. And thank you for bringing that up because still angers me to this day. That's one of the Star <laughs> Wars things I am mad about is that stupid <laughs> steel pecker. Um, I did not. Listen, I love their look. I thought. They, I mean, what are we talking about the purgles? the purgles? Yeah, I, okay. I to bring them into live action, I thought they did a fantastic job. I, I love that Ahsoka. The idea of riding inside a pergil to go to where Ezra in and Thrawn mouth. are in his mouth, Pinocchio, Jonah in the well, you know, all these great things. Yes. But also, it that is such a felony idea. That is something right out of Rebels. You know, we're going to do this outlandish thing to get where we're going. And I bought into it, and Ahsoka was super happy to do it. She's smiling the whole time. It's just one of those things. I'm like, th that moment... I was just like, okay, we're there. I'm here for this ride for sure now. I love that. And I thought they looked great. I I thought it was absolutely tragic what the Star Destroyer did them, the way that they planted oh, traps for them, you God. know, to run them off. That um, was terrible. But I also just, I just, 
I, it really bothered me. They just kept calling them star whales. Just call them what they are. They, it's a thing. It has a name. W a t e r. It's it's a pergil. P e r g i l. Um, you you can call it what it is in the Star Wars universe. That's okay. You know, there are. Luke doesn't say to three PO. There are two hair covered elephants down there, but they're no sand people. No, he says there are two banthas down there. You know, but I don't see any sand people. Um, you know we. we it's just like. Well, I always thought Lothcat was not their real name. Yeah, Lothcat's another one that bothered me. Like I, didn't I like, also thought Lothwolves wasn't their real name either. Yeah, I didn't like that either. But that see, that's just the thing of like, come on, we can think of something better. Let's just let's think of a better name. Um, you know, that's like Wolves. that's like Wolves. when that's like when Luke Wolves. drank hot chocolate in Heir to the Empire. You know, you Luke don't need to be drinking no hot cocoa. I still haven't read those. Yeah, well, that makes me. Sad. I was supposed to. I feel like I made a bunch of people deals that I that never. You never followed through with. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> I loved Bray Stevenson's character. Loved Balin Skull. That's sad, right? Yeah. That's that. I did too. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he up to? Well, what apparently he he's finding he's making his way to Mortis. That's what I think. Well, that's the father. That statue is like I saw where someone didn't know what was going on. And again, this is one of those people that had not watched. They chose not to watch Clone Wars or Rebels. And so they're like, I guess that's a statue of Darth Bane. And I'm like, no, 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 sir. That's the father, you know, and the one next to him is the son. And there's no daughter, you know, and yeah. And so it's really an interesting kind of thing. We see a convoy. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, so that makes me wonder if this is Ahsoka's destiny to be on that planet. But, you know, at that point, you're going to have to recast Balin's skull. And I, they've shown that they're reluctant to do any recasting. Um, I hope they will. I, you know, you, you don't want to think about that. Obviously, a man's not with us anymore, and that's sad. And, and his life is more than his acting career. I get that. But in this instant... Recast- yeah, we recast Dumbledore. I think we can do it. Well, that's my thing. I, I, you know, but that was also years ago when they did that. You know, nowadays it's like we can't recast this guy. Um, how dare we? How da- exactly? That came out like an old man. It did. <laughs> it did. Ezra, Jesus, Ezra. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. Jesus, Ezra is correct. But let me tell you something. He caught the essence of that character. He did. They he they really did a good job, especially of, when he was like, "I don't need the lightsaber." Right. I was like, "Are you sure, dude?" Yeah, but then when he was running around building the one with Hu, Hu Yang, you know. Oh my god! I mean, that Can was we, first of all Hu Yang. Hu Yang, one of the best characters, right? Spot of the show. show for sure, definitely. Yeah. Especially when they're in the purgle, and he's like, "Do you want me to tell you one of those stories now?" But I was like, "Please, <laughs> I yes. want story time." Yes, but the lightsaber building—a mm-hmm. good lightsaber build always gets me. Well, every time there's a lightsaber build, like the the younglings arc when they're going to go get their crystals mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars or in. The Ahsoka book when she rebuilds her lightsabers, or in in uh, in Rebels when when Ezra builds his first lightsaber, yes. the staple gun lightsaber. Yeah, yes. Um, but the thing is, it's just him running around like his personality of "I don't need your help" came out. You know, I know what I'm doing. And then when he told Hu Yang who his master was, he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is probably what you're looking for right here." 
Yeah, it is. You know, it just it, so very Ollivander to go back to, um, you know, yeah. go, go back to the Harry Potter stuff there. Um, I just I really thought that he captured the essence of like this dude watched Rebels. You know, what's his name? Iman something. Um, Iman, Im, Imani something, something. OK, we're so Im, we're great. Im, Iman is Fondi. Um, we are we are the best and we should be endorsed <laughs> by Lucasfilm. Yeah, that's and not going to happen. Put us on the red carpet yeah. to interview for the next movie in 2055. Right. Imanis <laughs> Fondi is is Ezra Bridger. He watched the show. He had to have watched at least a few episodes oh, because yeah. he totally captured the essence of that character and to see that but there it, he wasn't still that child. There's a maturity about him and he has dealt with the the scars of everything he went through you know like you here's a dude that said this is my fate i'm going to continue to be one i'm going to commune with the force i'm going to continue to be a jedi i'm going to help those that are less that that are weaker than i am i'm going to protect these little guys these lobster rock crab people rock lobster um <laughs> and uh and, and in the meantime and so this was a dude who was at peace with himself you know and so mm-hmm. When Sabine shows up, he's able to kind of be a smart aleck. He's able to just kind of pick right up where they left off, you know. And um, and I, I just think that, again, would I have liked to see them have a deeper conversation about what's going on and what's happened with her and where she's at and everything so that he so that he would understand the gravity of the situation, but also so we would understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, but I. You know, I, that's the thing. There's so much about this show that I didn't have a problem with. It's almost like a puzzle where you got a few of the wrong pieces and they just don't fit together as perfectly as they could. You know, it's a, it's like a puzzle that's poorly made where you've got a beautiful picture, but the pieces just kind of will fall apart if you're not careful with it when you're putting it together. And uh, and and that's how how I felt about the show. The big thing we got to talk about though is that fifth episode where Ahsoka's basically in the world between worlds. Yeah. With now was when she was there, was that the force or was that Anakin she was dealing with? All right. Look, I re listened to our fangirls going, one of our fangirls going rogue, uh, episodes where we interviewed Dave Mm -hmm. and he goes into this big thing, about the living force versus the cosmic force. Right. And I was listening to it and zoning zoning out. Well, one, I could listen to Dave talk all day about star Wars. No, but I was listening to it and thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did Anakin learn how to be a part of like in between the living force and the cosmic force, like everybody else has. Well, not everybody, but Qui-Gon, you know, and all of them, blue ghost people, mm-hmm. he called them. But I was remembering like the world between worlds and rebels. And we got a lot of that too. We mm-hmm. had like all of those voices and all of that stuff. And, I don't know. I love all of that because it's like so wacky mm-hmm. and like kind of out there. And I, it sort of makes my mind go, <laughs> what? Yeah. But 
oh my god, when they went into some of those Clone War scenes yes. and Bayoka, I was like, what is happening? Right, right. Well, it was again that if you get past the nostalgia bomb of it all, the genius of it is is if you know the Clone Wars, you know where those moments in time come from. Yep. And 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 to see a live action Hayden, you know, oh, live action oh. Anakin with a live action Ahsoka, even in this world between worlds kind of setting, you know, the force communing with each other. Um, it, it's a, it, it just, a, it was a great moment in time and, you know, serious business. Like I'm, I am glad that everyone who always hated Hayden Christensen has now come around on, on loving him again, you know, or yeah, loving get him off at all. My boy. Yeah. Um, get off my boy. I've, Look, I, I supported him. Yes. When none of you. Did. Exactly. You all leave, leave me and him alone. That's right. <laughs> Well, you know, I said for years, I said for years and years and years, especially the Anakin of Revenge of the Sith, if you take his dialogue and you put it in an audio mixer and you pitch it down and put a little bit of electronic reverb on it, you'll hear Darth Vader. Because though his timbre wasn't the same, his cadence always was. This kid did the work to speak like Darth Vader, to communicate like Darth, so that you would see Anakin in Vader. Um he took it serious. It's he, not like he right. just did it just for giggles. Right. And he and Ewan had some, you know, one of the best lightsaber battles ever on camera. You know, that Revenge of the Sith lightsaber battle, they go everywhere. The high ground. Yeah, it's but it's so perfect leading up to that. You know, like everything they do. <laughs> um, but this whole, this whole vision she has of him, I'm inclined to think that it's not him. I'm inclined to think that it's her because of how aggressive he gets and how, you know, cause what she, I feel like this is almost a Dagobah cave kind of thing Yeah, where she is seeing what, what she thinks is. And, and she's having to come to grips with, she could not have stopped what went on even had she been around. Um, and, but as you said, what they go through to do that, the lightsaber battles, the, the the Clone War stuff, young Ahsoka, played by the girl who played Baby Gamora in Endgame, you know, looked great. She was great. Looked great, you know. Um, I, I, I saw a, I saw a post really quick. I saw a post from Rosario Dawson that uh, she studied her butt off. Yeah. For that, she was watching Clone Wars. Yeah. Like you know, and trying to get every like nuance right. So it's that was a that was good. Yeah. Well, the the Clone Wars episode that they're in is that that's the Ryloth episodes, isn't it? Yeah. That's when they were on Ryloth. I think so. And yeah. so that's early on, like that's first season stuff that's of Clone first Wars. Season. And uh, I, I I think the only way it could have been better for me, and I and you don't want to take anything away from little girl, was to have would have been to have Ashley do the voice looping, you know, mm. so that you're actually hearing you know Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. But uh, it's 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 such a great moment. You see the clones running by them. You realize, like I say, if you're if you watch the Clone Wars, you remember this stuff. You remember the battles and what was going on. Uh, there's a connection to the Sindulas through all this because that was you know Hera's dad and all. But um, golly, just young Anakin in that Clone Wars armor and everything, and 
you know, snips and all that stuff is, is getting said. I just, it's great. And it's a great lesson for her. And it's a fun journey to go on with her, you know, in the force. But again, it's that fairy tale stuff that comes back around the magic of the force and the wonder of the force and, and what's really happening here because Ahsoka is really being given the choice, you know, let it all go, you know, come on over into the force with the rest of us, or do you still want to live? But if you're going to live, you've got to live. You've got to be engaged. You can't let life happen to you anymore. You, you've got to, you've got to make, you've got to make things happen. Yeah. Like kind of sort of her old attitude of sort of sitting back and kind of letting things happen and Mm -hmm. sort of letting things play out. I almost feel like it's a defense mechanism that she sort of developed because of everything that she went through. It's like, she didn't want to, she didn't want to make the change. She wanted to see what happened and then kind of roll with it and do what you have to do in order to assist or help survive it. Right. You know, and maybe she's just in survival mode because she comes out of that and she's like, all right, it's time to F some stuff. (laughs) Well, it's the thing is it's, you've got, you've got Ahsoka who went through the clone wars and she was, she was active. There was that whole, it might've been the Ryloth arc where she's getting the Y wings to them and they're going through, the the clouds anyhow she loses a whole wing oh, of fighters almost yeah. you know and yes. and this is early on and it's a lesson she has to learn about loss and grief and leadership and everything Ahsoka does she is acting on something to make it happen whether it's in the Clone Wars or when she leaves the Jedi when she chooses to come back you know and what she does with Rex to survive Order sixty six right on to becoming Fulcrum. You know, she is actively participating in the things of the galaxy. And then here comes Vader. He shows up. And when they're having their fight on on uh, on Malachor, she realizes, my God, this is Anakin. And mm-hmm. what uh, this is my fault. I left because I acted the way I acted. This happened to him. And, and so once she escapes, because, you know, of course, Ezra pulls her out and everything, but if you remember the Clone Wars, she goes back. Like the whole thing is I've got to go back to where I am because otherwise this is not right. And that's how she survives is because Ezra pulled her out and then he put her back later on after Vader had left, I guess. But <clears throat> so here's someone that from that point on, apparently, you know, anytime she tried to act, she felt like she messed things up even more. Once we finally find out what goes on with her and Sabine, the fact that she abandoned Sabine because she's afraid Sabine will go down the dark side because of what happens to Mandalore. You know, again, this is someone who there's almost, I don't, you don't want to say fear because fear leads to the dark side, but there is a fear of if I act and mess up, what happens? There's a fear of failure. There's a fear of, of doing it all wrong. And, and, and so she is a little more passive than what, you would think she should be, even though she's after this Thrawn thing and we see her fighting, we see her doing things, but you almost think it is like a Jedi to just sit by and let things happen as they will. But you have to act, you have to make moves. You have to, to let the past go learn. You can either learn from it or run from it. You know, you leave your, you leave your behind in the past. past. And, uh, (laughs) and, and, and so, she now has to learn from it and go on. And it really is, you know, significant imagery 
that she puts on that white robe when she comes out, when she finally gets up and, and she's Ahsoka the white the rest of the time, you know, like Gandalf in, yep. in a way. Yep. Speaking back to Lord of the Rings. But like, what was I going to say? I think this is, and honestly, like, I think this is her test. She's now a Jedi Knight. You know, that you, 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 she never went through the trials. You know, she, she never, she was no Jedi this whole time. This is the trials. You know, she is now. Yeah, because a certain someone stole it from her purple lightsaber, evil man. (laughs) Mace Windu's not evil. He was just misguided. (laughs) No, I was going to say that. Yeah, I was actually going to make that connection about about the trials and stuff like that. Like this was this was her moment to have to figure out, you know, am I just going to sit by? But we also see her if depending on timeline, which, you know, we don't know. She like kind of bows out of training Grogu. Yeah, she's like, yep. Yeah, hands off. I'll get you. you. Yeah, I'll get you to someone who can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost kind of the same thing. It's like, it's like she's unsure of herself. And it kind of takes me back to the Ahsoka book because she does a lot of that in the Ahsoka book too, Mm -hmm. where she's very hands off, you know, she doesn't trust herself anymore. She doesn't know where she fits. Like this, it almost seems like this whole time she's trying to figure out what is my purpose even, Mm -hmm. you know, even as she's being fulcrum, there's still some in rebels, like there's still some uncertainty about, what she's doing. And she ends up passing Fulcrum over to Hot Callus anyway. That's right. Hot Callus. And so, well, Shaz now says she's more than a Jedi, you know, and, and that's kind of the idea is that is that in this post Jedi Council world, um you you have to move on beyond the concepts I think of Jedi and Sith, but also you know, it's the thing is, it's not that the Jedi were evil; it's that their legalism was misguided, and it and it caused they were blinded by their code. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think what we may be leading to, I you know, we don't really do a lot of predictions and stuff on on the show, but I I think that what we may be headed toward, based on where Balin was headed at the end of that episode, is is maybe Ahsoka and Balin becoming those balancing members of the force. Um, one of the dark and one of the light. So I don't know. Um, I don't know, but we'll find out in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe at some point we hope some, at some point. Yeah. We will. We'll we'll figure it out. out. Yeah. Well, and there's an old hymn that says we'll understand it better by and by. Um, but you know, I mean, he, I will. Dave is a really good storyteller, mm-hmm. but he does remind me a lot of Tolkien. And if you think, not just Lord of the Rings, the movies, but if you actually read, you know, the actual Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. I mean, talk about exposition. Yeah. Pages. Yeah. Yeah. Pages. Oh, he'll spend talk- he'll, yeah, he'll spend two pages describing a tree. No, a tree. Yeah. Was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So and it's it's almost kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like in all of his stories, it takes a long time to flesh out all of the details. It's not he's not a Michael Bay. Just no, like, no. And and that's and I'm fine with that. Face. 
But I also think that what as when you talk about Filoni on the show talking about the cosmic force versus the living force, I mean that's right out of the George Lucas handbook of the force. You know, that's that's what George talked about and you know, there's a whole scene uh behind the scenes thing on on one of the special features somewhere on something where George is sitting there talking and Dave's kind of drawing while George is talking and George is just going off on the cosmic force and the living force and how those are the things that are, you know, meant to be in balance with one another. It's not just light and dark. It's this whole concept of the forces its entirety. And and that's why Qui-Gon talks about the living force so much in episode mm-hmm. one. And when you come to, you know, the, the idea of balance, you're talking about those things being balanced rather than the dark and light being balanced. And I, um, I I think that Filoni, having sat at the feet of George Lucas to learn to make Star Wars, he knows how to tell stories, but I I do think that he needs now to find someone who can help him. He needs a writing partner to tighten up scripts, to tighten up story arcs, to 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 make them a little bit better, so that. So that something like what happens with the Ahsoka Sabine tension doesn't happen in the future, you know mm-hmm. that 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 really we should have been on that ride with them because I think that would have even made what happened with the Ahsoka Anakin episode that much more impactful. When mm-hmm. she's now now Ahsoka has to find Sabine. It's not about finding Thrawn. It's not about finding Ezra. It's about getting to Sabine, and uh, and and I think that would have worked. How? Uh, we we can come back to the Anakin thing anytime and, and talk further about that. But speaking of Sabine and Ahsoka training Sabine, did you feel like Sabine being force sensitive kind of came out of the blue? Like there was nothing ever hinted at that in, in rebels. Kanan was training her to use the Kanan was working with her. So she would know how to use the dark saber and and he was, you know, because they, they created all that technology to fight Jedi. You know, the Mandalorian's technology is there to be able to fight Jedi. So he was training her to be able to use the Darksaber, but it never came across to me that she was learning to use the Force. No, I don't know, but I, I know that the Darksaber was... There's only ever been one Mandalorian that was a Jedi, mm-hmm. and the Darksaber was his weapon right so i would i feel like in order to really truly wield the dark saber you have to be like force sensitive mm-hmm. because we see the mandalorian using the dark saber and he's not good at it like he can't really do it <laughs> maybe you know maybe so so i feel like i feel like almost like you have to be a little bit force sensitive mm-hmm. but I do feel like it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and there's a part of me that kind of likes it, but kind of doesn't because she was so good at what she was good at and which was just being a true Mandalorian, blow stuff up, shoot stuff, sharpshooter, all that stuff. Like, I don't know why we needed to go down that road of trying to, train her to be a Jedi because not everybody needs to be a Jedi. You don't need to have a Jedi and everything for it to be entertaining. Right. You know, I mean, 
I realize that Jedi is kind of like what Star Wars was sort of built on, obviously. But I think we're at a point now where people can appreciate the Force existing without the Jedi having to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you've got you've got a Jedi in Ahsoka. You've got one coming around in in Ezra. In Ezra, Jason is Force sensitive. Yes, you know. So you've got that around you. I agree. I think it lessens a little bit of her character by making her have to go down this Jedi path because she is a warrior at heart as a Mandalorian. And she, you know, I didn't necessarily, Sabine was probably one of my least favorite characters in rebels. You know, (gasps) I know, I know. Um, because until the later episodes, because for so much, she was just kind of the, the smart aleck. I'm going to spray paint this and go on about my business. You know, um, but when her story gets fleshed out, drops out of the Imperial Academy, you know, is the whole Darksaber thing. When we get to see her clan and all that went on with her family and all this stuff, she's got a great backstory and she's a great, well-fleshed-out character without needing to add this this Jedi thing. And I understand the other thing that's happening is, is we're going back to this concept. The Force is in all of us, and anyone can be a Jedi. Anyone can use the Force. That's crap. (laughs) You need to have the midi-chlorian count. Well, (laughs) Uh, everyone, here's the thing, midi-chlorians... Everyone can can use the Force to an extent if you know how to channel it. Kind of like Sixth Sense, you know? Everyone has midi-chlorians. Yeah, they're called mitochondria in the real world. That's the powerhouse of the cell. Um, <laughs> everyone has midichlorians. That's the only thing about cellular biology I remember. Midichlorians are the powerhouse of the cell. They are. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the thing about midichlorians is they're, they're in all living cells. They're symbionts with us. They look like little beans. And midichlorians are the powerhouse of the force. The powerhouse of the force. But the idea of the the midichlorians being everyone means that everyone has the ability to be sensitive to the force, but not necessarily strong in the force and not necessarily as connected to the force as a Luke, as a Jedi. You know, the, the reason they tested these people is because they had more proclivity these babies and children would have more proclivity toward being Jedi down the road, and they needed to be trained to use this power that would come very naturally. And um, and then they and I feel like you know one of the faults of the Jedi during the Republic was they became too reliant on that technology rather than relying on the Force and the will of the Force and the living Force, a la Qui Gon. Um, Has someone erased it from the? archive memory oh, truly wonderful the mind of a child is uh, but I, I i don't the the sabine as a jedi thing doesn't sit super well with me just because i feel like her character was great without that well That's, to be fair she's terrible at it i mean well until the very end when she's throwing ezra and opening doors and you know, doing all kinds yeah, but of that's what that that's how it works. You spend a long time doing this where you make straining faces like you're trying to poop. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh, I can do it. Yeah. 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 That's how it works. Okay. I'm not sure if you knew that. That's a, a technical term. I didn't. I yeah. thought you had to let go 
You do in a way. Derek's minion Tom says, I never got the whole, I want someone who isn't part of a special bloodline argument, especially regarding the sequels. I mean, you've got literally every Jedi save the Skywalkers. They're all randos who come from nowhere. That's true. Um, Which is something that I liked. I liked the random thing. Right. You know, right, right. I agree. I'm not, I don't, I don't think you have to be a Skywalker. Please understand. I don't think that only a Skywalker can be a Jedi. I Otherwise, that would get real awkward real fast. Yeah, it would be really strange really fast. I'm perfectly okay with other But my thing is, is when we have already spent these four seasons with this individual, and there was never a, nary a hint, nary a hint at, nary. at, at force sensitivity, you know. Um, it's just one of them things. But, surprise! Surprise! Yeah, here I am. But also, uh, you know, so uh, but you know that that's one of the criticisms that's kind of been leveled at the at the whole thing is 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 the way she picked up being a Jedi and the fact that she is a Jedi. I I see that criticism again. She's it's, not a Jedi yet. No, <laughs> she's not even. Oh. She's not even a Padawan. Oh, you sound like she's Darth like Vader. You sound like you are. The Force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. Oh, I love that moment, in Empire. Golly, but I don't know if the Force is with her either. I'm just really not sure. You don't th- <laughs> really? She opened a door and pushed Ezra on a cross. Oh, once. Okay, let's see it. <laughs> let's you see know. you do it again. Let's, let's do it again. again. You know. Hey, we haven't talked about Hera much either. Well, I was kind of saving her. Oh, okay. Great. I was kind of saving her because, well, there's a lot of reasons. One, Hera's very near and dear to us as a character. Indeed. Agreed. Very. But then also, she's played by, like, real-life Obi-Wan's, you know, wife or girlfriend or fiancé or person. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is so cool. You know? And I honestly think she did a really good job. She hit Space Mom on the head. Mm -hmm. Like, she did, you know. And I enjoyed the scenes with her and Jason. And I enjoyed the musical callbacks to Kanan. Yeah. And I enjoyed her piloting skills. Mm -hmm. You know, I. it was just... That's one character that I didn't have an issue with like the entire time. Yeah. I I felt like it was done really well and really respectful and you know to everything that Vanessa had done for the character and all of that stuff. Like I felt like it was just and it didn't need a lot of explanation. No. 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 She I listen, it again, it takes me a it took me a minute to get used to non-animated versions of a lot of these people. You know, and Hera is one of those because Hera in the, you know, in, the, in Rebels has the big eyes, very characterized look. Same thing with Sabine. I think it really it comes down to the eyes of all these characters. It's like if they would digitally make their eyes super big like cartoons, I'd probably be a lot better with it. Um but uh but yeah, I I thought Mary Elizabeth Weinstein did a really good job as Hera. She you know, she played the role with that same edge that Hera had in Rebels, you know, a little bit. I'm going to follow orders. I'm part of this movement. I believe in. I believed in the rebellion. I believe in the Republic. I believe in everything that we fought for to achieve, and I still am willing to fight the fight if I'm called upon. And 
I will buck the system if I have to, because I'm a rebel at heart, you know? And so the whole thing of, of, of disobeying orders to go look for Thrawn and, and all this other stuff and having to go stand before the Senate committee, the stupid committee in the Senate, you know, and, and give account. Don't even get me started on some of those people. Right. And give account for her, for herself and everything. It's like, come on. Of course, she's a pilot. She wants to be out there. You know, she's like Bill Pullman's character in Independence Day. I'm a pilot. That's where I belong. I belong in the air. And, but, but again, the other thing I loved about it, and this comes from having watched the show, you said it, Space Mom, she's looking out for her people, you know? She's looking out for Sabine. She's looking out even for Ahsoka at this point, you know? If there's any chance that Ezra's going to be back, you know, she's looking out for Ezra. And, um, Ultimately, I ended up really being happy with with the characterization. I had texted you early on and said, "Why isn't Vanessa doing this role?" And you told me she didn't really necessarily want to be on camera and doing the role. And you know, and she she gave her blessing to all this. And so, if if Vanessa gives her blessing, then then I give mine. Yeah, um, Vanessa and I have chatted since the show came out, and um, she said she finally told me the story. You know, Dave called her and told her what he was going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and about all that and that it had nothing to do with like her not being able to play the role and all of that stuff. And she said that she wasn't ever like offended by it right. or anything like that. Like she was, her view on it was the more women that can be in star Wars and contributing to characters, the better. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was really good with it. And yeah. she's been very excited about everything that has come out. Um, and she liked the show and liked the way that it was told and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So I was like, well, that's good for me. Yeah. Good enough. Right. Well, here, here's one of the things they got exactly right. And to see the ghost flying around was awesome. You know, Chopper. Chopper was great. Great. Chopper was fantastic. So I'm, I'm all about, you know, bring on more of that, you know, tighten up the story a little bit and, and bring it on. I, I know a lot of people, you mentioned Shin Hadi earlier, you know, I know a lot of people were really digging on her, but I, I just feel like we never got to know her at all. I feel like, no, we didn't, you know, and so she just is this silent individual that's going around killing folks, but she ends up with the, I guess she's going to end up with the mercenaries at the end or whatever they were, the, the, the people I saw someone lobster one, rock crab people. Yeah. I don't. I guess I might have been listening one night to Rebel Force Radio or something live, and there were some people in the chat, and someone said, do you think this is where all the strange aliens and people from the sequel trilogy come from, this other galaxy? And honestly, looking at the armor of that little group of people, that group of mean people, the raiders and everything, I'm like, could be. You know, that's it, that they had they a also, very... They also kind of looked like... Um... Oh my God! What is his name? The he's played by, but is it not Forrest Whitaker? Is it Forrest Whitaker who yeah, plays him? Saul Guerrero. Yeah, they look like Saul Guerrero's people. They do. Yeah, they really do. Kind of don't they? They look like they 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 got blown off a of Jetta all the way across the galaxy when when it went up. Um, Again, <clears throat> superstar podcaster. Yeah, that's uh, right. Hey, that's. We got it. We're super Star Wars fans is what we are. So, uh, um, oh, the stormtroopers, the night, what are they called? Night troopers. They were wackadoodles. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? 
Well, when Some I heard of them look like they were zombies, like they had walked out of that one Star Wars book that's like all like horror and yeah, like, yeah, the death. Well, when they when they went zombified, yeah. But before that, with the, the with the red sashes and all around them, they were called night troopers, apparently. And yeah. um, and oh, was his name? No, his name wasn't Ezra. His name's Enoch. I knew it was a, some kind of Bible name. Yeah, Captain Enoch, the guy with the gold face. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, the weird stormtrooper, gold face. Um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, the the the. But when I heard they were called night troopers, all I could think was the the Bee Gees song "Night Fever." Night fever, night fever. fever. I was thinking, night troopers, night troopers. We know how to die. <laughs> Flying around with throne. There is movement all around. There is something going down. And we're all in it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why, but that just reminds me. uh, My mom and I got to go see The Temptations and The Four Tops. Ooh. That's a good concert. I hear you. A lot of harmonies in that. Yeah. (laughs) We need somebody to make that into a song. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly wanted to do it, but again, I haven't sat down to do it. I don't know if I can keep my falsetta going that long so uh (laughs) but yeah it was i think look i think anytime that you end up with the zombie things you know in something i think there's a certain sect of all fandom that's like this is amazing and i just look at them like i'm so over zombies yeah i'm I'm tired of zombies now thank you very much (laughs) i don't care if it's marvel what if or whatever you got going on please Please, no more zombies. You know, but that's let cool. Him, let them breathe a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, let yeah let the zombies like, breathe. Yeah, <laughs> we we had uh, we were like, what was it? What's the word? Like engulfed in vi- vampires for forever. Oh yeah, you yeah. The, we we've let that go for a while. Yeah. So let's let zombies. Let's, go yeah, for let's a time bit. time let the zombies go. I guess I guess next it'll be a bunch of Frankenstein's. Just a bunch of just a well, I guess the Frankenstein monster is kind of like a zombie, but what's I guess I don't know. I don't know what the next werewolves. Well, I thought werewolves. You can't say wolf. That's right. (laughs) Totally forgot about your inability to pronounce that word. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you back. Um, (laughs) Also, crowns. No. Now, by crowns, you don't mean the things kings wear. You mean the things you color with. Correct. Crayons. Crayons. Crowns. Crayons. Wolf crowns. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Thank you. Thank you for playing our game. Um, I, You know what? I, one of the things I really didn't, you mentioned it earlier. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to the soundtrack, to the to the score. I know Kevin Conner did it. It's good. Um, and I know that they've released some of it. So let's see. Do we have a um, particular track that's we worth... We have to, but we could listen to the Beatles now and if you will. We could... <laughs> well, I had that pulled up earlier, but then we stopped, we stopped talking about it and I just... We got distracted. Yeah. Yeah. What? Us get distracted? That doesn't, sound, that that doesn't sound like us at all. 
No. Um, here, the end credits. Are the end credits any good? Let's find out, shall we? No, they're not. I remember. No. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds like something out of Game of Thrones, doesn't it? If you go to the Ahsoka Volume 1, Episode 1 through 4 soundtrack, actually, we should probably do the Volume 2, which is Episode 5 through 8. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 What was in there? There's a song called The Space Whales. Shut up. <laughs> there it is. Of course, it has that rumble. Have you noticed... I'm sorry. Let me stop real quick. We went to see uh, the Marvels the other night. I'm ashamed to admit it. And every trailer that was on before that movie, the whole trailer opens with a... Like a rumble to start out with. Like even like even the even the new Disney movie trailer is like... And wish? It's, yeah, Wish. Oh, I can't wait for that. And I don't Who knew my voice would be so low. That's oh, and that, that's Alan Tudyk too. Yeah, that goat was funny. Um, who? I mean, like there was that whole trend that started back in the teens with uh, with just piano music, you know, playing like just a single someone just fingering out single notes on the piano to play a little theme or something, you know, or that single note, ding, and then and then the thing would play the trailer. But now the now the whole thing now the whole trend is like we're going to hit you with a rumble right out of the beginning anyhow back to the space whales Yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed by some of the music in this show. Now that I remember, now that I think about it, that's what I meant. Is is this the music? There's ooh, some. Ooh, do the hyperspace jump. That one has a oh. star next to it. Okay, what is that? I don't that? know what that means. Why? I don't know. What does that mean? Does that mean you favorited it? No, I just it's just that I don't know. Maybe lots of people like it. I don't know. That's pretty. Building to something. Probably that hyperspace jump. Well, that is what the song is. Yeah. But you know, uh, what I was going to say was all of these Star Wars shows that have come out since, uh, you know, Mandalorian, because Mandalorian has, you know, that whole. Uh, That's good, though. Yeah, it it is. But but it kind of started a trend where they all feel like they've got to sound like uh, world music. Um. Is the way I know it, you know, like a lot of, a lot of just, it, it's not the, jo- it's not John Williams. Yeah. You know, so 
Well, there's a song called Rain Hellfire. I'm sorry. Whatever that means. Oh, that's when Thrawn tells him, Rain Hellfire. Because he doesn't trust the... um. He oh. he he knows they'll get away. He's like he's like we just go ahead and blow them out. Yeah, because that's when they look that last episode, and it's the same thing like with Book of Boba Fett, you know, and even some of the Mandalorian stuff. The final episode was really good as far as just action and adventure goes. You know, I know I saw someone who was really breaking down the fight between Morgan Elsbeth and uh, and and Ahsoka. You know, saying it was way too slow and everything. I'm like, eh, come on, man. Did you see episode four, A New Hope? Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's okay. It's fine. That was the best lightsaber fight ever. Well, you know what? It was. It was great. Um, I'm not. Listen, I don't. I don't like. I don't like anyone crapping on the original trilogy to lift up something they like. But I, my thing is, it's like, you know, they did all right. They don't have. You know, I, I, that's a stunt coordinator deal. That's a a training time on a TV show versus the training time in a movie and yeah. and, and other things. You know, going on. And so, I'm willing. I'm willing to give. You know, some things here and there that you know that i think other people aren't willing to give just because it's star wars and i'm and i do give it a chance you know um but i i did i like the the battle and everything like that is one thing that's going on in in some of these shows is is these battles have gone on a lot longer these fights have gone a lot longer than i feel like they would have in a movie and that's kind that's some of the stuff they let flash out sometimes the whole the whole battle around the the hermit crab camp you know Mm -hmm. um yep where where Ezra's not using a lightsaber and he is that was really cool. I thought so. I really liked it. You know, I I liked his confidence in in being willing and able to do that kind of stuff. Um, just just a lot. Of, I thought I thought by and large all the visuals of this show were really good. It was really I fun did to too. look at. I I mean overall I really liked it. You know yeah. I did. And I think it was done well. I mean, naturally, there's going to be things that we can critique and things like that. And nothing is ever going to be as perfect as I don't know, Return of the Jedi. But it's it's still more Star Wars versus none. Right. Right. And And I get that when people say that sometimes. But on the other hand, I'm like. I've gone with no Star Wars before, and and it was okay. You know, it, it's okay to make it a little more magic as you, as you have the opportunity to. But I, I, I again, I don't have any issues with with a lot of the visual and stuff. That second episode where they're in the shipyards, mm-hmm. you know, and you're seeing that all the Star Destroyers cool. being taken. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, and then and because of the scale and the scope of some things that were that were going on, you know, it's like when Ahsoka's having to run after the, the big ship and all. And, and that's, and, and that's the thing is they're planting seeds to let us know what the bad guys are attempting to do, but we don't get to know a lot about what is happening in the motives of our heroes. And, uh, and, and I'd like to know a little bit more about that sometimes, but by and large, it, you know, I'm, I, I liked it enough that I'm really looking forward to whatever they do as far as a second season, maybe hopefully at some point, I, I think yeah. that, I think that's what's in the cards. I know that the Filoni movie that's never going to happen, you know, yeah. um, is supposed to be almost like a, like a Marvel movie. Um, mm. and, uh, it, and I just it, don't know. What are we even getting next? I, is it skeleton? Crew? I think it's skeleton crew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Or is it Acolyte? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, everything stopped because of the strike strikes and stuff. So, yeah. You know, time. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> the upcoming Star Wars shows in 2024. The, the Acolyte will be released at some point in 2024. Uh, they're saying the Bad Batch season three. Oh, right, right, right. And um, I don't know when the Skeleton Crew is coming. I think Skeleton Crew may be before Acolyte. I don't know what Acolyte's about, though. Is Acolyte old? Like Knights of the Old Republic old? I think so. Okay. I think so. Because there's been something about... Actually, I think it might tie into the High Republic oh, okay. books. So there'll be a rock... Yeah, I don't. I'm not. 100% yeah, it is. Sure. It's part of the Star Wars franchise set at the end of the High Republic era before there the events go. of the main That's Star it. Wars films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe we'll get a little bit of Palpatine in that. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who can say? Um, who knows? Anyway, well, you know what, Teresa? Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I've had fun. It was fun. We've bounced all over the place, had a good time. Talk I'm just going to ask everyone that's in the chat right now, who wants a Disney 100 episode of Disney <laughs> Vault Talk? I'm just curious. I just don't, putting I, feelers. Yeah. Just putting out feelers. Listen, I don't, it, it, I don't even know if that feed still exists. Oh. So, well, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't see why it wouldn't. I haven't. I know, I, I know there was one I of the... I think it does. Yeah. The Mark Out Loud feed I had to delete to try to get something fixed. In all the other things, but I think I'm pretty sure Disney Vault Talk's still out there. No, so. it does because I remember the Cars episode started playing uh, on my podcast. Oh, catch nice, the other day. nice, <laughs> yeah. Fun times. Uh, that would be my dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. There's stuff coming up. I'm gonna be at Disneyland in about a week, so I'm excited. I've never seen Avengers Campus, so I'll get to let you know. Oh, cool. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what you think of the Marvels. If you go, if you get a chance to go see it, um, did you? You didn't watch any of the shows, so you have no connection to Kamala Khan or anything. Do you? I watched like one episode of yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I've been really bad about watching the Marvel shows, but they haven't held my attention. Well, they haven't been good, Teresa. Um, the Loki, like I told you off mic, Loki has to me been one of the better of the Marvel shows, the television shows season two, I thought was really good, really well put together. Not a lot of downtime in season two. And some of the Marvel shows, they would go along and it seemed like the last episode or two before the final episode were a little bit fillerish. Um, but with Loki, I, I thought they did a really good job. Very, very back to the future esque, back to the future two esque. So, Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I would, if you liked, if you liked the character of Loki, I would check out Loki. The, I did the, watch the first season of yeah. Loki, so. Well, this picks up right after that. You don't have to really know anything at all, you know, it, that's going on. It just kind of picks up with Loki doing his yeah. thing. So, um, outside cool. of that, uh, any, anything to plug for yourself or anything? Mm, I, I guess I can. Uh, I don't know when it's coming out i don't know when it's coming out but i revisited fangirls going rogue recently you guys yeah. so we uh fangirls going rogue 
had its 10 year anniversary on Monday and I went back on the show to celebrate that. So that is coming out. I will post it on my social medias. Um, but other than that, I'm just kind of living, I'm living in the moment. I'm enjoying being present with my family and my friends and, um, you know, enjoying working with my high schoolers. And Are you telling me there's a real world out there to engage in? <laughs> Shocking. I wow. know. I'll be darned. Crazy. I'll be darned. Well, you know what? It's always good to get with you and, and hang. Everyone check out Teresa's latest episode that she'll be on of the 10th anniversary of Fangirls Going Rogue. Uh, of course, this is Geek Out Loud. You can follow on Twitter and Instagram and all those fun things. You can support us on Patreon if you're so inclined to do so. Dave Jones and I We'll be back with uh, with watching movies with Steve and Dave. On uh, we're doing View to a Kill. There's going to be bad Christopher Walken impersonations all over that bad boy. I promise you. So you want to check that out. I, you know what, Teresa? We need to get you in an episode of the Geek Out Loud Hot Tub. Yeah, and, uh, let's yeah. Do it. That that'll be that. We could we could see if we can get Teresa doing that and uh, just that, that's just a fun thing we do on Patreon where we just kind of chill and talk about whatever. Um, yeah, no, we, that would be fun. We may not even talk about geek stuff, you know, we just talk about yeah. things and stuff. So, um, that would be super fun. And uh, I'm still voting for Disney Vault Talk to come back because I miss doing research. And who? <laughs> and fun um, facts. My wife misses fun, fun facts. facts. Yeah. I love fun yeah. facts. What? Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we can talk about Encanto uh, and other movies that have come out. We you, never finished Pixar. You, I as, mean, you assume I've seen those things. Um, oh, well, all the reasons yeah. <laughs> to not talk about Bruno. Uh, I think we did see Encanto. I think we did watch that. Um, anyway, well, so <laughs> so check it out. Let us know what you think. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, who joined us live at mixer.com slash Goliverse uh, for this episode tonight. And you never know what's going to be happening around the Goliverse, so make sure you're following us and keeping up with what's going on. And for Teresa, until next time, I'm Steve. Thanks for joining us here on the Goliverse. Don't be like Serpent Foot. <laughs>